0: Welcome to the Movie Planet, Season 4, Episode 12. This week we're talking about 1971's Fiddler on the Roof. With Joe.
1: Either you're out on your mind or you're crazy. He must be crazy. JC. All I do at night is think of him, and even thinking of him gives me no pleasure.
0: And Joel.
1: You have wit, even a little intelligence. Thank you. Perhaps, but what good is your brain? Without curiosity, it is a rusty tool.
0: I'm your host, Joe. And with me is the Zeitel and Hoddle to my Chava, JC and Joel. How are you guys? Doing well. Yeah. Tibbs on title. Yeah. We're the three daughters. I want to have You. you- <laughs> okay, you can have i Chava. I'll-, I'll, ta- I'll take Hoddle. Oh, you want Hoddle? No, it's title. You want title? Yeah. Okay.
2: There you go. We each get the one we want.
0: They're very three distinct looking women. Yeah. like there's it's like somebody for everybody whatever your taste is
2: although if if the the woman who played Zaito when we did this in high school actually knows about this podcast and listens to me and hears me say that I like Hava over her then <laughs> I'm in trouble because I was actually model in the in the musical oh, were you we did the musical yeah um, but ironically I like Hava in the movie but the girl who played Hava in our musical yeah yeah we didn't get along very well <laughs> I was
0: really surprised when I looked at the cast list these people never did anything else
2: that doesn't surprise me, really. I feel like this was a very specific cast for a very specific person, yeah. purpose.
0: Well, hey, this week, Joel <laughs> has nominated Fiddler on the Roof for the music- musical Pantheon of Movies. The Pantheon is comprised of seven and only seven films per genre, and currently there's only one title in that musical genre. <laughs> 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 so regardless of what we graded today, it's going in, and that movie, with its aggregate ga- grade, is a Newsies It's <laughs> <at> C- <laughs> with a 5.667 out of 12. <laughs> Let's see if we can't bump it up to number two. (laughs) Uh, Now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So we will discuss this movie. And in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it as per tradition. Tradition. This is a spoiler-rich podcast. So if you haven't seen this movie yet... What have you been doing? It's 1971, for God's sakes.
2: Apparently, they don't like musicals.
0: Well, it's best if you stop here, watch the movie, enjoy the music, and John Williams' little tunes here and there, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. We'll also play a game of Did the Awards Get It Right? as well as Top 3, Bottom 3, where we highlight the best things in the film and rip to shred the worst things in the film. Download us on iTunes and Stitcher and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter at movie Playground. Email us with any questions or suggestions you may have for us at themovieplayground at gmail.com, but I did not check the
3: email, so we cannot do that today. All right. This week we are talking about 1971's Fiddler on the Roof, a movie made for nine million dollars that brought in 83.3 million dollars. 1971 dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of it's money inflation. <laughs> Um inflation. Directed by Norman Jewison, great name for someone that directed Fiddler on the Roof,
2: <laughs> and isn't a Jew, and is not a Jew.
3: <laughs> Screenplay by Joseph Stein, who is, who is. clearly is, and based on the story story Tevye and his daughters. Starring Topol as Tevya, Norma Crane as Goldie, his wife. Golda. Rose- Golda. 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 <laughs> eh. <Culture. laughs> Goldie, I like Goldie. it. It's a song. <laughs> She's a sassy lady. Uh, Rosalind Harris as Title, the oldest daughter. Michelle Marsh as Hodel, the second daughter. Neva Small as Chava, the third daughter. Molly Picon as Yenta, the matchmaker. Paul Mann as Laser Wolf, the butcher. Laser. Leonard Frey as Mottel, Kemzoyl the tailor. Michael Glazer as Perchik the Revolutionary, Raymond Lovelock as Feitka, the Chris- a Christian, Elaine Edwards as someone say it Sprints, sure. Is it Sprints? Candy, it's what? you know, is it Sprints or Sprintsy? Sprints, Sprintsa. Okay, oh, yeah. Sprintza. And Candy Bonstein as, go ahead. Belki, Belka. Bel- yeah. Damn, Damn it. it. I did learn that watching this movie I felt like the movie and the I've been listening to the or my growing up I listened to the uh, Broadway The Broadway CD. Really? And there are things that are like... They're not the same. They're not the same. I'm actually
2: the reverse. I grew up watching the movie, and then when we did the musical for the first time, my parents bought me the soundtrack and listened to the soundtrack, and I hated it because it didn't sound like the movie. Uh, Like, in my head, I I preferred the movie, but it's because it's what I knew first. Right. I preferred the movie. I don't like Zero Mostel. Zero Mostel, oh, who, who, who originated, I prefer Topol. I, okay. think, I think Topol's, but it's because it's what I was introduced to first. Right, yeah, He was the only one that I
0: saw first, so I was like, okay, Topol it is.
2: Yeah, I think I, I don't like Zero Mostel.
0: Well, let's jump into our next segment here called Inception to Perception, not Conception, where we talk about how this movie started as an idea and made its way to the big screen.
2: Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie.
3: Smoke and mirrors, guys! Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie.
0: I don't make movies, I make films. Unfortunately, because this film was made in the early 70s, there really isn't a lot written about how this movie came to be. Uh, All that is known is that it was based on the Broadway play, which started in 1964. So, in keeping with a tradition from the past, here are some trivia you might find interesting about this film. Director Norman Jewison was brought into the project by executives at United Artists who thought he was Jewish. His first words to the executives upon meeting him were, you know I'm not Jewish, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you're looking for a job, I don't think that should really matter. But No. yeah, This was in the 70s. The 70s. Yeah, it was. Okay. Well, <laughs> it wasn't like the you know, 1870s. Uh, many devotees, or is it devotees? Okay, many devoted fans of the Broadway show were annoyed that Zero Mostel who originated the role so famously on the Broadway stage was not cast as Tevya in this film. The filmmakers decided that the film needed to be more authentic. So a a more believable actor was hired with Norman Jewison explaining one reason I liked Topol's performance so much on his stage was that he projected his sense of destiny as, and being in uh, pride, and and, and pride in being a Jew. His Tevya never loses dignity and strength. He is a man who knows who he is and where he's going, which, I didn't think that was his character. I thought his character was constantly changing throughout the film, and he, he was always wrestling with knowing where he's going and changing.
2: I think what he's saying is like he knew what he was doing in the performance. Oh, okay. Like he knew how to perform. Gotcha. Tevye. Another thing that was said about Zero Mostel was Zero Mostel was a diva. Like, mm. everybody that ever worked with Zero Mostel, including people on Fiddler... He would only be hired to do a show for a little bit of time because after he would do it for a longer time, he would kind of take the production over. And one of the things Norman Jewison actually said was, like, he didn't want the movie to be Zero Yeah, He wanted the movie to be Fiddler on the Roof. And he thought Topol would not take over the production, whereas Mostel would have. Okay. Every time Topol
0: talks on camera to God, he's talking to a white ball on the end of a stick held out of camera range. Really? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Isn't that like that's, early that's cool. performance yeah. capture? <laughs> early uh, CGI? To make Topol look older, the makeup team clipped 15 white hairs from director Norman Jewison's beard and applied them to
3: Topol's eyebrows. Seven on the left, eight on the right. That's funny. Um, the inflation calculator would have made over $500 million.
1: Holy shit. <laughs> wow. That's a lot
3: of money. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, so $10 million, $10 million has the same buying power as $61.5 So, there you go. Wow. That, wow. I wonder how that
2: ranks box office-wise with all musicals. All time. I don't know. I have no idea. I'll yeah. say it now. I think this is the best film on musical, or me, best musical film. Like, better than Les Mis, better than Fandom, better than all of them. I think this is the Sound best Sound of Music? One. Better than Sound of Music. Oh, okay. Um... <clears throat> To make, oh, uh,
0: According to the casting notes on the special edition DVD, Richard Dreyfuss, Scott Glenn, and John Ritter all had appointments, probably for auditions, as character names were listed, for various roles, including Model, Perchik, and Fiedka. Also listed for probable auditions are Rob Reiner for Model, Leland Palmer for h- Hoddle, and Zitel, Richard Thomas for Fiedka, Katie Segal for an unspecified role, and Talia Shire, listed on the appointment sheet as Talia Coppola for Hoddle and Zitel. As the auditions were held in January 1970, most were very early in their careers, all of which had careers after this movie, yep. and everybody that's in this movie really kind of fizzles out outside of Topol.
2: hmm
0: He's the only one that really goes on to do anything else. Um... Do you guys remember the last time, or the first time you saw this? Oh, actually, oops, I'm sorry, Joel.
3: You. Oh, you're good. Sorry, <laughs> I started to look up the cast people to oh, okay. see if, uh, like, did they? Do you think that they did? My computer, this thing sucks. Did they, Were they all like off Broadway people, or were they all Broadway people? Or I, I they I
0: were. Know. I mean, if you look at Zaydel, had one credit, and it's this. I think
2: it's like two TV things, and that's about it. But J- uh, yeah, JC, do you remember the first time you saw this? Uh, my father had it on VHS. Uh, And it was uh, 1998. I remember him, like he got it for Christmas or something. We started watching it. Uh, After we watched it for the first time, he talked about how he had actually done it. Apparently, dad had done that musical when he was in high school. And that's why he really liked Fiddler on the Roof. I've never pictured
0: Um, your father as a musical guy.
2: Oh, yeah. my, My father was in four musicals, all four years of his high school. Yeah. Wow. Both in the pit and in uh, in the musicals themselves. Adding color up. to the painting that I'd have in my head. There you go. Um, <laughs> we watched it as a family. I remember the first time watching it as a family. I instantly fell in love with it. Uh, and I would actually piss my father off a lot because <laughs> I just li- re-listened to songs. Yeah. Uh, like the the bottle dance, uh, Tradition. Um, yeah, I would just, I'd hit repeat and I would Matchmaker. just listen to it. No, not so much. <laughs> Uh, I would just repeat it over and over, and he would get so pissed because he thought I was going to ruin the tape. Yeah.
0: Joe, what about you? Oh, I, it was during my year at Central Michigan. I was in a dorm room of, of a group of girls who were also in the music program with me, and they threw it on, and I sat through all three hours of it. Uh, I really liked it from a musical standpoint. I, it, I thought it was pretty cool. I did, I, at first, I was like, I don't want to sit through this. It looks all brown. Yeah. It's got a very brown tint of the entire thing.
3: Yeah, that's why so I don't does watch Westerns. Russia at the yeah. ni- in
2: 1905. <laughs>
3: <laughs> brown, and, brown and gray. Honestly, I, like, it's, that's probably the reason I don't watch it more. There's something with like Westerns and anything where, like, I didn't watch, what was the new uh, Mad Max movie? I oh, uh, Fury Road. Yeah, I mean, that's all. All the same color of beige. That's why I don't play Call of Duty. It's all the same color of beige, and I'm, I don't know who I'm supposed to shoot. Uh, you also
0: said last week when we were talking about Iron
3: Man, Middle East settings, just, you, no, they don't speak to you at all. you can't do it. Yeah. Um, that's why I liked, uh, what was the, not Zero Dark Thirty. Well, I did like Zero Dark Thirty because most of it was in America. Um, and then 13 Hours, yes. it all took place at night, so it just... Yeah, <laughs> They have to worry about it then. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like my allergies aggravate even watching Middle Eastern settings. I feel right. just like dusty. Um, yeah, so this is a big movie on my uh, dad's side of the family. My great uncle, the one that was in Terminator Two, yeah, he was in. He played uh, Laser Wolf off Broadway, and so this was something they always went to go see him do. And it's just my dad's side of the family, like they. If you if someone starts singing this, everyone else will Really come right in. Yeah. And so this was something that we either like had on in the background or that I heard the soundtrack at some point. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, honestly, the first time I ever saw it beginning to end, whether it was as an adult or as a kid, it's just something that I've always kind of like known. Yeah. Um but this is I think probably my dad's one of my dad's favorite movies, if not the um and so this is I don't remember the first time. It's just always kind of been in the back of my mind as part of like my family. I can um,
0: honestly say that this is the second time that I watched the movie. The yeah. first time was in that dorm room, and then the second time was for
3: the show. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a movie that you don't watch a lot, but you listen to. Like I've I've listened to the soundtrack. I don't know how many times they use it in mind. pop pop culture. Yeah, Gwen yeah. Stefani had a song "Rich Girl." Yeah, mm-hmm. that you did know? not that did not make my dad happy. He did not like that song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, why, don't you, why don't you start us off with a synopsis here? <laughs> yeah.
1: Reptevia, I, I hear you are arranging a match for Seidel. Uh huh. He also has ears. Well, I have a match for Seidel. What kind of a match? A perfect fit. Perfect fit. Like a glove. This match was made exactly to measure. Perfect fit, made to measure. Model, stop talking like a tailor and tell me who is it. Please don't shout at me, Reptavia. All right. All right. I won't shout, shout, shout. Who is it? Who is it?
2: Who is it? <laughs>
1: Who is it? Who is it? It's me. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> it's him. <laughs> himself. Either you're out of your mind or you're crazy. He must be crazy! Arranging a match for yourself? Tell me what are you everything? The bridegroom, the matchmaker, the guest all rolled into one? I suppose you'll even perform the ceremony yourself. Please don't shout at me, Reptevia. Now, as for being my own matchmaker, I know it's a little unusual. Unusual? It's crazy! Times are changing, Reptevia. The thing is, over a year ago, your daughter Tidal and I gave each other our pledge that we would marry. You gave each other a pledge? Yes, Papa. We gave each other our pledge. They gave each other a pledge. Unheard of. Absurd. You gave each other a pledge. Unthinkable. Where do you think you are in Moscow in Paris where do they think they are America what do you think you're doing You stitcher you're nothing who do you think you are King Solomon this is the way it's done not here not now some things I will not I cannot tell now. But Marriages must be arranged by the Papa! They should never be changed! One little time you pull out a prop, and where does it stop? Where does it stop? Where does it stop? Does it stop? Do I still have something to say about my daughter? Or doesn't anyone have to ask a father anymore? I've wanted to ask you for some time, Rebtevya, But first I wanted to save up enough of my own sewing machine, so I would have... stop talking nonsense! You are just a poor tailor! That's true, Rep. Tevya. but even a poor tailor is entitled to some happiness!
3: Tevya, the philosophical village milkman, explains the customs of the Jewish people and their lives in the Russian
2: shuttle of Anatevka in 1905,
3: where life has, a preca- life has a precarious as a perch where life is as precarious as the perch of a fiddler on the roof. Yes, and anything's tradition, uh, this is this one of
0: the best musical openings to uh, a movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way to introduce the Jewish culture. I love how every single shot matches the beat of the movie or the music. Uh, you actually never see anyone singing the song tradition, it's played in <coughs> the background of the action, and I like that. Mm. I think it would have taken you out if everybody in the village to start singing. It would have felt like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I, as a former violinist, this drives me crazy, though, because that fiddler is not playing accurately at all <laughs> through the entire film. Like, it starts here, and I was like, he's not even playing. Stop. stop! And it's a long song. He starts with that. I'm sitting there going.
2: <sighs> if I put my thumb over him, it won't bother me as much. Nope. Nuh-uh. No, 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 Could you play the song? Is it one of those things where, like, because you played violin for so long, I'm like, pro- as you were listening, we were yes.
0: like, yeah, I could play that? I could have definitely played that. Oh,
2: that's cool. Yeah. When it, I want to hear when Joe. I was eighteen, nineteen, I could have. I want to hear Joe play that. You, you, yeah. That's something that I you know he'll never, hear. never do. It'll never <laughs> happen. But I'm just saying I want to hear Joe play. I was. I was
0: really wondering because it says much of the music was John Williams, and there was a
2: lot of the original score. I'm wondering where where the Williams part was. I don't know because again, even though there's differences, as Joel and I were talking about before, between. The soundtrack and the um, or between the movie soundtrack and the Broadway soundtrack, that's more like words, right? Like, there's like words it, like that are different, like- and like uh, like Zero Muscle, if you know, he doesn't do, yada, did it, he does. Crap, I can't even remember what does he do. He doesn't do, Topol does. That's what Topol does. Yeah. Topol does. But Mosel does something different. Okay. So it's it's not that the music is different. It's like tonality and things yeah. like that are different.
3: Um, I want to say, like during the non-actual like music parts where he's <gasps> blending the different themes from like... Um, Tevius theme and like okay. other people's, I think that's probably like his blending and meshing. But other than that, the stuff like maybe much the
2: stuff before the wedding and like yeah. when they're walking through, yeah, that may be it. The yeah.
0: soundtrack in between the moments, basically. Right?
2: Maybe. Yeah.
0: The parts that you really don't notice, like maybe I, I could say this: I know John Williams was involved in the dream sequence sounds because yeah. that was
2: something straight out of a Star Wars movie. If they heard that, I was like, but that still sound like to me. That yeah. still sounds like what the musical sounded like. Like, no, yeah. that's the thing. Nothing. Nothing sounded different to me from Broadway. Okay, which yeah. is,
0: and this was seventy one. Was this? I'm wondering if this was Williams's first movie, big movie to deal with. Uh, because I think he won an Oscar for it, didn't he? Oh yeah, he did, yeah yeah. So, John
2: Williams won an Oscar for uh, uh, editing, or yeah.
0: I'm wondering if this was his first
2: Oscar for a
0: musical score. In which case, I don't think it was his f- first. It, it was seventy one. I mean,
3: uh, he I, was doing. Uh, TV series and things in the 60s. Yeah. Um,
2: so, the, so then Fiddler was his first
3: Oscar. for breaking uh, TV show, TV series, TV series, TV series. Uh, he started, nope, still TV movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. There you That's go. Another great thing to come out of Fiddler, John Williams.
2: There you go. <laughs> uh,
0: and, and this is, you know, another one of those movies where all the credits are played at the beginning. Yeah. Thank you, George Lucas, for changing this trend. <laughs> <laughs> and not because I have a problem with the fiddler. <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, the song Tradition comes out, it just slams you in the face and it's, oh, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. It is it, a great it, start.
2: It does exposition well. I think you I think you even wrote that exposition well. Oh, okay. I oh, mean, yeah, it's, it, it's the song <laughs> that I remember. Like as soon as somebody says "Fiddler on the Roof," I go tradition. Yeah, <laughs> and like you just. Do, 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 do.
3: All right. at Tevye's home, everyone is busy preparing for the Sabbath meal. His sharp-tongued wife Gold, orders her five daughters orders their five daughters about their tasks. Yeah, uh, Gold is very much a uh,
0: sassy lady. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. I like the daughters a hell of a lot more than her. (laughs) They seemed more fun just
2: when you're introduced to them, just as people.
3: Well, the mom's... She seemed miserable. (laughs) Well, the mom's very, like, more so strict and... She's blunt,
2: and I I think she's a blunt mom, which sometimes you need blunt mom, but she still... Yeah, she still loves her kid, but if you're watching her for the first time, you're not going to like her the first time you watch her, because she's not nice. But then... That mom that's always respected by all the boys and girls on the neighborhood, that's that mom that sort of draws the line in the sand and you know not to cross it, but she's also going to feed you whenever it's snack time.
3: Yeah, and that's also just kind of a pattern when you see families portrayed. You always have a more straight-laced mom and then the fun-loving dad that <laughs> feeds chickens and dances and uh, talks to the beggars. You yeah, know? Blunt, um, blunt
0: mom, not to be confused with blunt man.
3: Yes. Or chronic. <laughs> or chronic. Um Yinta, the village matchmaker, arrives with news for Gold. Lazar Wolf, the wealthy butcher and widower of Tevia's age, wants to wed title their eldest daughter. Tevia, must be persuaded to meet Lazar. And arrange the marriage. The two middle daughters, Huddle and Shava, speculate excitedly about what their mother and the matchmaker were talking about. But Titel warns them not to be so hasty. They are poor, so their parents will have no choice but to take whatever husband Yenta brings. Titel is not eager to have a match found for her, as she is already in love with the tailor Motel Kemsoil, and the friend and her friend since childhood. Yeah, Laser Wolf sounds like an American Gladiator, like.
2: Oh, just the name Laser yeah. Wolf.
3: because
0: if you I don't see you. it spelled out, you think it's Laser Wolf, and I'm like, "That's a futuristic name." <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> could this movie be made today?
3: I think it could. Yeah. I mean, they again, they did Lay Miz. It's a. I mean, it's just a. Is the word period piece? Is that used? Yeah. Is that good yeah. for this? Yeah. yeah so I this, is mean, a, like,
2: this is a period piece. Yeah.
3: yeah like it's, it paints a very good picture of what this area of Russia was like in this specific time. Mm -hmm. And to be
2: honest, I would be slightly scared about the society we're building if we're sort of getting to the point where, well, no, we can't remember what it was like back then. Yeah. Then... Because this is is 1905, right? There's no point in learning any of the history if you can't make a period piece. Now, if you're trying to make a movie based in 2017 where a family acts like this, yeah, you're going to be ripped to shreds because nobody does that. Yeah. But Joel's right. This is a period piece. So by all means, if they made it as a period piece, then yeah, it should sell today. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, as
0: sensitive as people have started to get, would these outmoded traditions be accepted today? You know, oh, why is why is it a patriarch? Why can't it be a matriarch? You'd hear a
2: lot of that, I think, outside these theaters. But I don't to be honest, I don't think those people would watch this movie. They they wouldn't come to watch this movie. Yeah. Or if they came, it would be to judge it. But that's not the audience for this film. The people that would actually come and watch this movie would know why they were going to see it.
0: Yeah. We get Matchmaker, though. We get that song. And I will say, arguably, this is the funniest song of the entire uh, soundtrack. I don't know, Rich, 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 Rich man's, man's pretty, pretty funny. funny. Yeah. Rich Man's funny, but th- I think this one has more jokes in it, because okay. as they describe yeah. all the people that Yenta is bringing over.
3: <laughs> no, you're right. This is the... Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, I was like, oh! I remember what, I remember watching it the second time going, I hope all the songs are as joyful as this. Yeah.
3: Because the... I mean, it, when you think about it, it is kids picking on each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... <laughs> that's that's what kids do. Pretty
2: classic how s- sisters and brothers treat each other. Yeah. But it's interesting because you have you have you've had
0: tradition, you've had matchmaker. So far, they're they're two for two. Yeah, like this soundtrack is it's
3: like a greatest hits album so far. Yeah, mm-hmm. it so. really is. Uh, the men of the village confront Tevye as He is late delivering their milk and cheese. Oh, we forgot Tevye's horse. Oh, sorry. I just read greatest hits album. Um, <laughs> Tevye's horse is lame, and he must put the milk. He must pull the milk cart himself. He asks God, "Who would it hurt if he were a rich? If he had just a little bit of money, and if he were a rich man?" Anybody here talk to God like he does? I certainly do.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I actually told Joel uh, one point. Like, I learned better how to sort of deal with this when I watched this. I'm like, I think Tevye understands it. You don't have to close your eyes and hold your hands together and all that. Mm -hmm. Just talk. No, and that's the
0: thing. Tevye Topol delivers these lines so honestly, and yet with that little bit of. Co- comedy to yeah. it, to be like, you know what? It is funny. It's okay to be funny and not offend.
2: It's like when he says to Perchick, money's the, the world's curse. <laughs> may the Lord smite <laughs> me with it. <laughs> and may I never recover. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And now we've got a third song with If I Were Rich Man. And <laughs> I'll be honest with you. This is the one I probably know the best.
1: Yeah. Uh, and
0: again, three for three now.
2: And the sad thing is, is if people listening to this podcast know that tune only because of Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Please, dear God, just YouTube if I were a rich man. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to the original. I'm not I like I actually like the Gwen Stefani song. My father also hated it when that song came mm-hmm. out because he saw it as sacrilegious. But I liked the song. I actually thought she was very respectful to oh, yeah. the original. Um, And I like how she sort of played her version off of theirs, but please listen to the original because it's such a good song. And
0: watch Topol dance to it. The guy is having a great
1: time
2: in his barn. (laughs) I want to be Topol when I'm older.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's got a good beard.
1: Uh, You're you're
2: getting there. (laughs) No, I just like... He loves his family. He loves tradition. He understands that he has to change, but he doesn't want to break. He'll bend, but he won't break. And like... I I want to be that as I get older.
0: Actually, I'll say this. You look more like a laser wolf. Oh,
2: well, I have the freaky eyes then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, so the men of the village confront Tevye as he is late for delivering their milk and cheese. Avram, the bookseller, has news for the outside world about the pogroms, pogroms. and expulsions. A student from Kiev, Perchik, newly arrived in town, hears their conversation and scolds them for doing nothing more than talk. Um, The people that would revolt against this movie today would like Perchick. Yes, they would. Uh, Because he's a douche. Um,
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think here's the thing. He is a a young person who's standing up to tradition. Everybody in this town is going, tradition, tradition, tradition. He's going, tradition can change, you
3: know. It's something I learned from coming to America. (laughs) You're the king. (laughs) I think I, I don't like how much I liked Perchick in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted him to be the guy that I came in. I was like, and whose face did I not like? I didn't like Perchick's face in this mm-hmm. movie, but, like, I don't, there's something I like about him. Yeah. The men dismiss him as radical, because a little bit, but <laughs> Tevia like, takes a liking to him and invites him home for the Sabbath meal, offering him a room and a board in exchange for tutoring his two youngest daughters. Gold tells Tevia to meet Lazar Wolf after the Sabbath, but does not tell him why, knowing that Tevia does not like Lazar. Uh, Taitel is afraid that Yenta will find her husband before Mottel talks to Tevya and asks him for her hand. But Mottel resists. He is shy and afraid of Tevya's temper. And tradition says that a matchmaker arranges marriage. <laughs> Mottel is also very poor and is saving up to buy a sewing machine before he approaches, approaches Tevya to show that he can support a wife. The family gathers around for the Sabbath prayer. And I like how this song goes from
0: just their table. It starts with just the parents singing, and then everybody getting involved. And then you see it pan out to all the houses in that village, to doing the exact same thing, having the same prayer at their tables. It is a community.
2: And then Tevia sums it up. Yeah. This is actually one of my favorite scenes because watching Muttle react to Tevia's anger mm-hmm. was me and my father. Oh, really? My, oh, yes. My father yelled and screamed just like Tevya. Now, Tevya's is funny, and I can't honestly say I remember my dad ever being funny when he yelled like that, but that was my father. Yeah. And so, like, the timidity, the, like, I want to stand up to my dad, but I can't stand up to my dad. That was me and Maltel. And then, ironically, this scene hits hard for me because in 2001, we did this musical, and I earned the role of Mottol the tailor. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just thought it was funny that when I first watched it, I was like, holy cow, I'm watching like Mottol terrified of Tevye and I'm terrified of my father. And then I got the part and I'm like, shit, now I'm playing myself scared of <laughs>
0: playing myself, playing myself, <laughs>
2: playing myself, playing myself. And, uh, I just, I love the song. So it was, it's, I like Sabbath prayer. It was, it was very good. I have, I have happy memories because Sabbath prayer, sort of how you were talking about how it goes out in the movie. When we did in the musical, we had tables everywhere throughout the entire theater. And so like everybody in the entire cast was involved. And it was just one of those things. Like you would go to each table. It was, it was cool. It was, it was one of my favorite songs that we did. Yeah. Sabbath prayer is good. So now they're what? Four for four, four, five for five.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the Sabbath, Tevye visits Lazar Wolf. Tevye assumes that Lazar wants to buy his milk cow after a misunderstanding, which after, like, also, by the way, at, when you watch this movie a second time, this is a great scene. Oh, I love it. This is a hilarious
0: scene. I, I laughed
3: so hard at this whole scene. Uh, the first time, it's not funny at all because you don't understand, like, what he's going to ask. Right. But the second time, it's like that scene in New Girl where Nick and Jess are having a conversation about... The popcorn machine, but the popcorn machine. Nick <laughs> thinks that Jess is talking about a popcorn machine. Jess thinks that Nick's talking about him getting with Cece, and he's just and they're like talking about like I got to grease her up. That's yeah. all I got to do. Put some oil in it. Just worried about the way it's gonna smell. With all the oil the just smell. cooking in there enough to make a man want to barf. She's thinking about it. Um, I know what temperature it gets. Um, <laughs>
0: Well played, Joel. But, thank
3: you. Um, but after this misunderstanding is cleared up, Tevye agrees to let Lazar marry title With a rich butcher, he knows that his daughter will never go hungry. Yeah, damn that guy's old. Uh, and I don't know, I
0: know this is 1905, but I don't know how I'd feel about this dude getting up in my daughter. The conversation is funny, but it's a little creepy for 2017.
2: But again, that's what's perfect. Like, it is totally what would have happened in 1905. Yeah. I'm wondering.
0: Totally what would have happened in 1905. If this was made today, if they would have aged him a little bit young. Just a little bit young. Yeah,
2: probably. To make it more. Just of, not as big of a shock value. And freeze framing. Interesting choice. Yeah, I like that yeah, they do that. I love, love I really that. do love that. Yeah. You and, know what
3: that reminded me of? What? Uh, y'all probably don't remember. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, when he's like talking to uh, the, the mole. What's his name? I don't um, remember. But he just like zones out. He's like, yeah, hey, do, he's like, just give me a sign if you're still paying attention. And just got that blank stare. Um, almost the exact same scene. It is my favorite scene in the entire movie. This one. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the so part good. where I laughed out loud. I have and too I, many,
0: I do
2: laugh out loud. Every time I watch it, I laugh out loud. But I have too many favorite scenes. Yeah.
3: Uh, the two go to Morka's Inn to seal their agreement with a drink. Many of the villagers are there, including a group of non-Jewish people all join in the celebration of Lazar's good fortune. Even the Russian youths at the end join in the celebration and show off their dancing skills, which is a fun scene.
2: I think this, if I had to choose one, this may be my favorite scene. I love it. This was one I replayed. uh, No, that's at the wedding. That's at the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's a little long, Oh no, I, I I would rewind this whole scene. And the other thing I love about the scene is it introduces tension. Yeah. You don't know that there's tension so far. This is all a happy musical. Like everything's everything's good, everything's happy. And then this quick little this little dance number you start to get a sense of, whoa. Okay, so you have this group of people. You don't know they're Cossacks because they never actually use that term, but you're looking at Russian Cossacks. You have this group of Cossacks and you have the Jews. They clearly don't like each other, especially if you watch the people behind Tevia They're all like, no, don't do it. Don't like don't answer them. But then like the Cossacks are friendly and, and it's kind of like a nice little moment between these two ethnicities. And that's before you've even met your honor or any of the other Cossacks, And, of course, what's going to go later in the movie?
3: yeah. Um, Outside the inn, Tevye bumps into the Russian constable who has jurisdiction over the Jews in town. The constable warns him that there is going to be a demonstration in the coming weeks, a euphemism for minor pogrom. Um, The constable has sympathy for the Jewish community but is powerless to prevent the violence. I wish they'd actually
0: explain what the demonstration or pogrom is because they kind of dance around it, but they never actually tell you exactly what it is.
2: And I think that's on purpose. Perhaps it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and I love, this is my favorite conversation Tevye has with God. This is my favorite one. It's yeah. honest, it's melancholy, and then it gets inquisitive and then grateful. He turns it all around to being grateful again.
2: Yep. Uh, it, I, is the fiddler just in his head Yes. Okay. The, the fiddler is a manifestation of Tevya. It's not a real person. Okay. So it's not really just somebody running around in the middle of the night it's with a fiddle. His, it's his dancing with tradition. Okay. So the fiddler on the, on the roof essentially is what Tevya is viewing as tradition. It's not a real person that lives in the world with them. Okay. It's just somebody that is in Tevya's head.
0: Okay. Because at this point, I was kind of like, hmm random guy running around the middle of the night with a fiddle. No. <laughs> In people down. Yeah, other people would react to
2: him.
3: No. <laughs> um, the next morning, Perchik is teaching the two youngest daughters when Hoddle approaches. Perchik expre- explains that traditions can change and that they aren't perfect as is. Elsewhere, the hungover Tevya delivers the news to his family that he has agreed that Taito will marry Lazar Wolf. Gold is overjoyed, but Title is horrified and pleased with Tevye to reconsider. A very dramatic scene <laughs> that I could not get into. Um, I could get into it, but just the, yeah. the this is. I'll say that this. I'm going to reword it. This is where you can tell that it was a Broadway play turned into a on-screen film. Yeah, because the like expression that she uses and like the tone of voice and the like f- body movements. That is something that you'd have to do on stage so that everyone in the theater could like understand the emotions and everything you're that you're feeling.
2: about. You're about Seidel? What Seidel's
0: Yeah, doing? yeah.
3: Like, yeah. she diving she, across the barn on her knees, like throwing her hands up. It's very life or up. death that she does it. I'm yeah, just saying, I not Yeah. I'm not okay. saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like. No,
2: I get. I'm just, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Like, the I get way it.
3: people present things on stage, in my assumption is. It has to different. be a little more exaggerated. It has to be sometimes. a little more exaggerated. Um,. And that is what I appreciate about, like, being able to make a Broadway film. Yeah. Because not a lot of people can do that and get away with it. Got to reach those people in the cheap sheets. Yeah. Motel arrives and gathers the courage to tell Tevia that he and Tytel gave each other a pledge to marry. Tevye is outraged at this breach of tradition, but Mottel argues that even a poor tailor is entitled to some happiness. Tevia is impressed with the once timid young, when uh, the once timid young tailor stands up for himself and moved by his daughter's earnestness, gives his assent. That's when he has a monologue. Um but he worries about how to break the news to gold. An overjoyed motel celebrates with title Miracle of Miracles, which is a song that grows on me. Does it really? Yeah. I wasn't I would always skip over it when listening to it on the C D, but it's uh I'm starting to enjoy it more and more. Okay. It's just, it's, it's hard to follow the first five songs of this movie.
0: Yeah. You can't. It's, it's, (laughs) it's like, again, it's like the first three, four songs, you're sitting there going, okay, they've hit it out of the park. You can't reach that bar again. I think JC, you look like
2: it was my solo. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah, you were my Yeah, player? I was Mottled the Taylor, so Miracle Warped of Miracles Warped was Warped my soul. Miracle. Yeah. Okay, well, brings like please don't juice. take this person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fan of this song. Yeah, I, it feels I like mean, a Hallmark card. Until the last, the last line makes the song. Because yeah. the rest of it's just,
2: I, I mean, I love this song. I, yeah. I still have it memorized to this day. I yeah. haven't sung it since, or sung it on stage since 2001, but yeah, this was, this was my solo.
3: I like how it like breaks back to the Old Testament of like, oh, and these are all the other people that life kind of sucked, but it kind of yeah. worked out at some <laughs> point. <laughs> yep. um, on the road, outside of town, Tevye's middle daughter, the bookish Shava, is teased and intimidated by some Russian youths, but one of them, Fyedka, Fyedka, protects her, dismissing the others. He offers Chava the loan of a book and a secret relationship begins. This kid has some nice game. He just carries around a book to loan people. Yeah, he's a little pretty boy over in <laughs> Russia. I think he's been watching
2: Hava for a while, and he knows exactly what makes Hava tick. So he's, he's got his game because he's, he's a little peeping Tom. He kind of fielded I, dreams I, it, though, I, coming out of the cornfield. Weasel. <laughs> weasel. He, he does feel like a weasel. When I watched it last night, I remember I remember thinking, okay. But last night I watched it, and I must have watched it as a parent because yeah. I'm watching this, and I'm yeah. like, oh, you're such a weasely bastard. <laughs> I'm like, you just shoved all those guys off for preying on her. You are So pre- you could you, pray on you, you her. Pr- you are now preying on her. You are twisting her emotions. This is Tevi This brilliance. scene
3: is one of the best, and it is something that you don't get listening to the Broadway CD because him just sitting in bed while she's asleep <laughs> with just, like, his hands and going, uh... Like, like, having this, like, internal battle. I know I'm doing some bad, like, radio here because you can't see my face, but he's like like he's like doing the head tilt side to side like trying to figure out how to break it to her and that f- 15 seconds is phenomenal and it's such <laughs> great acting by him um but that night in bed with his wife tevia has an inspiration <laughs> he tells gold that he had a nightmare which is the song Tevia's dream she offers to interpret the dream and tevia dis- just quote describes it uh gold's grandmother title for whom his daughter named, may she rest in peace, returned from the grave to bless the marriage of her namesake, but to Mottl, not to lazar Wolf. Lazar's formidable wife, Frumacera, also rises from her grave to warn, in graphic terms, <laughs> of severe retribution if title marries Lazer. Tevius' super, superstitious wife is terrified, and she quickly agrees that title must marry Mottle. Too much heaviest secret relief. Wait, way to manipulate your wife. Pretend you had a dream that your wife is a belief. Believe it's a prophecy.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, it's funny, but let's be honest. So funny. Everybody manipulates those they love. My wife manipulated me this morning. In wanting me to do something, and like as I break her argument down, I know I was manipulated. I was totally, <laughs> I was totally manipulated to do what she wanted to do. I'm going to do it because I love my wife and I want her to be happy. But I also manipulate my wife. I'm like, well, babe, if we do this, and then don't forget about this, and and then if we put it there, like, like setting up a house or designing a room, because that's what we were arguing today about stuff. Yeah, she dusted and was ticked about a bunch of my stuff that had sort of scattered around the room. And so as she explained her point, she was manipulating me to what (laughs) she wanted me to do with my stuff. But then I had to counter manipulate. And that's like, that's what we do. Am I, am I bold enough to like lie to my wife and tell her I had a nightmare? No, no, but I also, my wife's not going to believe prophecy. If she did, can I sit here and say I'm never going to use my wife's prophecies against her? <laughs> no, because I would be a liar. <laughs> because husbands and wives will use whatever they can to their advantage, and I'm not saying that to be mean and spiteful. I'm saying it because it's the truth. Because
0: it's a fact. <laughs> uh, I'll
3: be honest
2: with you.
0: When this scene came up, the first person I thought was Joel. And is he going to turn it off at this point? Because this is actually a, a
2: scary scene. <laughs>
3: Oh, in yeah. this movie. It
2: is. It's terrifying. I re- I had nightmares. 1998. How old would I have been? <laughs> like 13, 14 years old? Yeah. Yeah. I was still... T- I, yeah. Like I saw It this was, I was scary like, stuff. Where the hell did this come from? It's very dark. <laughs> and the makeup. When we did this on stage, the makeup, everybody looked so creepy in the makeup. Like they did this really weird... Like greenish, uh, like Hugh. pale white, and then with like the black. Everybody had all the black eye makeup, and it was like dripping down. Mm. It was it was creepy, but it was cool.
3: Gosh, the wedding day of title and Mottel arrives, and all the Jews join the ceremony. Sunrise, sunset, and the celebration, <laughs> the wedding dance, instrumental. Lazar gives a fine gift. But an argument arises with Tevia over the broken agreement. Perchik ends the tiff by breaking another tradition. He crosses the barrier between men and women to dance with Tevia's daughter, Hadl. The celebration ends abruptly when a group of Russians ride into the village to perform the demonstration. They disrupt the party, damaging the wedding gifts and wounding Perchik, who attempts to fight back and wreaking more destruction in the village. Ever practical, Tevia advises everyone to clean up the mess. Well, that came out of nowhere totally. <laughs> yeah, it no. escalated quickly. Yeah, it did.
2: No, I, and I get what you're saying, but it comes out of nowhere totally, but I think it's perfect. Okay. And I think it's perfect because that's how they lived. Okay. These people lived where Cossacks could pass laws, and laws were actually passed where at times you had to... Essentially, for want of a better term, please don't anybody listen to me and think I'm saying something disrespectful or insensitive. I'm not, I'm just saying how it was. They sort of had it that they should put the Jews in their place. Mm-hmm. And most pogroms, like what you see in Fiddler on the Roof, that's nothing yeah. compared to what a real pogrom was. They would have unsheathed swords, they would have decapitated people, they would have raped women, like that's what a demonstration was. Mm-hmm. So it comes out of nowhere, but because it's a musical, it's not gonna be as harsh as what reality is. Right. And they I mean, the the constable told him about it, so the as an audience member you're like Yeah, it's like a two minute th- conversation th- though. This is what that was about. But the fact that it comes out of nowhere, I completely understand and I get behind because the Jews never knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. They never, like, they were living their lives, and then all of a sudden, legally, a group of people can come into their lives and ruin everything, destroy their stuff, and they can do nothing about it. They have no legal recourse whatsoever. And yes, it's depressing, but it's also what happened. And so I kind of think it's awesome that a musical would do this. A musical would sort of throw that in there because it's truth. Yeah. I, th-
0: I hear what you're saying, which is that this is what their lives were. It, was, yeah. it would come out of nowhere and slap them in the face, basically. Exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying is that it is, in a story, you need more uh, information that this could happen. Because they say it, have a two minute conversation with the constable where he's drunk uh, and he's, try, he's being questioned about the pogrom and all that. And then it, nothing really happened. I, I wish there, I would have I rather, and I hate to say this, I would have rather had them take away a, one <clears> song. <throat> To shorten the length of time between the beginning and this moment. Because this is the intermission now. And you've now you've had all this great stuff, and now the intermission hits, and the second half of this is rough. Yeah.
2: But I think that's what I think that's what the story is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like any play before intermission, there's something that like leaves you wanting to come back from the bathroom, you know? It's like, whoa, where'd that come from? Yeah. But is this before or after the scene with the Russian bigots where they call them like Christ killers and stuff.
2: Oh, I think there was, this is after, after yeah, Okay, because, so say this because is after, remember so the con- the bit. constable, and this is some backstory that's, that's in the, the Broadway play and not in the movie. The constable knows about the wedding. The constable does not want to do the demonstration at the wedding. He wants to do it later. It right. is his superior that is making him do it at the time that that's he does right. it. That's yeah, right. He is forced to do it earlier than he wants to.
3: You're absolutely right.
2: Um, yeah. To, to Joe's point about, like, in, in a story, like, you don't want this to come out of nowhere, I don't think, I, I think you do want that in a story if it's the truth. Like, this is, this, one of the things I love most about this musical is it tells you the truth. I think in life, we know terrible things can happen. We know that the... Sh- can get real, but we don't talk about it. Right, we don't set right. up, hey, you know this pogrom thing? Like, it's a real-life thing, and, and we're going to talk about it beforehand. No, you, you don't talk about the bad things. You live your life, and, in the mu- and so far in the movie Fiddler on the Roof, we've watched them living their lives. They're doing yeah. what they would normally do. Then something horri- horrific happens, because that's what happens in life. You can almost sort of correlate it to... Um, What's going on in Texas? I bet like all of the people prepared for it and everything, but did they want to spend every waking moment talking about it, or did they prepare for it and then try to get back to their lives? And that, that's what I think the movie is more or less trying to do. It's trying to show how people live. That's the biggest truth, I think, from Fiddler on the Roof, is it shows you how these people lived, and mm-hmm. it's true to that standpoint. So as far as changing the storytelling story to fit like an outline or, or maybe a roadmap or something, I think is unfair because then it wouldn't be truth. I think that would almost lessen the fiddler on the roof for not telling as accurate of a story, I yeah. think.
3: Um, after the intermission, months later, Perchik tells Hodel he must return to Kiev to work for the revolution. He proposes marriage, admitting that he loves her and says that he will sin for her. She agrees, the song, Now I Have Everything. I hate Pritchick and I don't know why. Yep. <laughs> I do too and I do know why though. It's because he's like, what he's saying is not wrong. No. There is there's, there are, there is some flex when it comes to tradition. Not fact. You cannot change fact and right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But you can, like traditions are just an expression of the truth. And so I get it that he's saying, hey, Tradition doesn't need to stand exactly where it is. But he says it all so disrespectfully. Like he goes up to the dad and says, we're getting married. He's like, no, brother, yeah. you don't do that. You need to have a normal conversation with the dad and say, hey, I understand where you're coming from. I want to explain where I'm coming from. Maybe we can meet halfway so that we can be a family instead of just getting out of his lane and totally being aggressive to the most respected guy in this movie that's just having this big battle with God. Yeah, And I just... I don't like him either, and it's i like i think the actor's great, I think the way he reads lines is fine, but the character is just i guess so aggressive in his motives that's what I don't like about him like there's definitely an easier way to do this, but if that's his character, that's his character
2: and I completely agree one hundred percent with everything Joel said I do too. I also hate Perchik, but i don't like hate him as a character. he works as a character. I just hate him because he is that person we we're all. Like older people, we're watching Perchik make mistakes that we know. Like, it's sort of, I remember watching it as a kid. I probably thought Perchik was cool. Yeah. I probably did because
3: Perchick was the leather hat.
2: He wore the hat. He He's standing up to everybody. <laughs> but now, as an adult, I watch Perchick and I'm like, dude, you're saying all this, shit, but I'm also a historian. I know what's going to happen. Right. Like, I'm watching it with hindsight. I'm mm-hmm. like, and that's kind of what Tevye is. Tevye is watching Perchick and he's like, <sighs> <laughs> you're Like, you're going to learn these lessons, but you also can't stop them. Yeah. Like, you have to let people screw up so they can learn the lessons. Yeah, but, right. yeah, when you said disrespect, I'm like, oh, that is why I That's, hate yeah. him. Because he, he could get all of that he wants if he did it respectfully. But, no, he's an asshole about right. it.
3: And even, like, <laughs> the first time he meets the daughter, he's, like, he's pretty aggressive. Like, he just, like, grabs her and, I don't know, yeah. well, early uh, 1900s. politics. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, they tell Tevye that they are engaged, and he is appalled that they are flouting tradition by making their own match, especially as Perchik is leaving. When he forbids the marriage, Perchik and Hodel inform him that they do not seek his permission, only his blessing. After some soul searching, Tevye finally relents, and the w- and th- he finally relents. The world is changing, and he must change with it. And Tevye's we rebuttal,
0: and we see a pattern that's going to echo. Throughout this, which is Perchick tells Tevya they are engaged. Tevya spouts tradition. Perchik stands up to Tevya. Tevya walks into the distance and thinks about it, and then Tevya accepts it. He does this twice, and then the third time, different
3: choice. Yep, we'll get to that. Uh, Tevya explains these events to an astonished Gold. Love, he says, it's the new style. <laughs> Tevya asks it's Gold, new style. <laughs> Do you love me? She admits that after twenty-five years of living and struggling together, raising five daughters, she does another good song yeah i like this song um and it just paints a really good picture of what culture was like at that time other events are moving apace yenta tells title that she saw chava in news though that they saw them Mm -hmm. news spreads quickly in anatevka song the rumor Perchik has been arrested and exiled to siberia and hodl is determined to join him there at the railway station, she explains to her father that her home is with her beloved wherever he may be. Yet she will always love her family. The song plays. Far from the home I love. Oh yeah. Gut wrenching song. It really is yeah, gut wrenching. this one.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't like sad things.
1: It,
2: I mean, and I get that but a lot of people. Uh, foods. Yeah, a lot of people will, uh, could skip it, but it, it's a great song. But it's depressing. It is not happy at all. No, no.
3: Weeks pass and Chava finally gathers the courage to ask Tevye to allow her marriage to Fiedka. Again, Tevye reaches deep into his soul, but marriage outside of the Jewish faith Jewish faith is a line he cannot cross. He forbids Chava ever to speak to Fiedka again. Uh, when Goldie brings the news that Chava has eloped with Fiedka, Tevye wonders where he went wrong. Chava sequence. Chava returns and tries to, <laughs> tries to reason with him but he refuses to speak to her and tells the rest of his family to consider her dead. Damn, Tavia. And and but that's another
2: thing about tradition. Like it, you sort of made the point earlier, would this work? I can see people being pissed, but mm-hmm. that was patriarchal society if he says she's dead, yeah. like you can fast forward and you can see Golda wanting to talk to her at one point. And sh- as soon as she sees Tevye, Golda sort of like goes back to her place. And I'm not saying that's right, but that's what it was in 1905. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it would have
3: been. Well, at the same time, like you almost get the feeling that this is the third daughter. It's the youngest She's just doing things because everyone else is doing them. This one is a little less validated. She met this guy on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave her a book, and now she's like, but I love him. <laughs> Dad just needs to be like, you're 12. <laughs> you're 12 years old. That's why not. Not you're because so
1: drunk, you can't do nothing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, rumors are spreading of the Russians forcing Jewish villagers to leave their villages. While the villagers are gathered, the constable arrives to tell everyone that they have three days to pack up and leave the town. In shock, they reminisce about the miserable town and how hard it will be to leave what has for so long been their home. Anatevka, another tough song to listen to. A funny song at points.
2: It is funny at points. A bad, it's a rock. A hit. A tree. <laughs> a hit.
3: <laughs> um, as the Jews leave Anatevka, Chava and Fiedka stop to tell their family that they are, t- they are also leaving. Her mother and sisters are afraid to talk to her with Tevya present, Although Tevye does not speak directly to Chava, he mutters, God be with you. As Tevye and his family leave the village for America, the fiddler begins to play. Tevye beckons with a nod, and the fiddler follows them out of the village. Credits rule. Credits well, roll. credit rolls.
0: Credit. <laughs> credit. We saw the credits already. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but tell us about Rotten Tomatoes there. So according to the good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter rating of 81%. The critics, on average, give this film a 7.7 out of 10, the same rating they gave Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, like, the same type of movie,
0: but hey, okay, a 7.7 it is.
3: (laughs) The audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave the film, is a 3.8 out of 5, which is 92% agreeing that it is a 3 or higher. What
0: do you think? Is that fair, JC? I don't know. I
3: would say going on the people that like don't just don't watch musicals yeah i think it'd be hard for any average viewer to give a, any musical a five because okay. they just unless you're just into it you're not gonna fully understand it or appreciate it yeah so that i feel like the average rating of any musical that's not Les Miz where someone tells you to go watch it and you give it a high rating because you feel like you're supposed to like nickelback yeah <laughs> no i will give Les Miz a better rating than nickelback <laughs> i like Les Miz, but it wasn't i mean it's a movie from the 70s and it's a musical so yeah. you know, I feel like it's gonna knock it down a little bit uh, Joe what did you think after watching the film
0: uh, okay
3: and please take this with a grain of
0: salt long haul kind of lost oh, yeah. steam near the oh, end oh yeah it is a long haul uh, I'm glad I saw it again I, I think it's a movie everyone should revisit it once every 15 to 20 years <laughs> i
3: like
2: the 15 to 20 years (laughs) jc (laughs) uh i this is an amazing film god i love it and wow it's so much when i watched it last night it's so much deeper and there's so much more to it Mm -hmm. that i don't remember when i watched it as a kid when i watched it as a kid i remember happy i remember how much i love the songs when i watched it last night i'm like damn this movie is so much more real than i remember Mm -hmm. remember and it's i'm not going to paint i know it sort of Ends uplifting because the fiddler is playing a happy song and they're like upbeat walking away. But let me spoiler alert: it's not a happy ending. It is no. depressing, which is surprising because it I is, know you don't like movies that don't have happy you, endings. You're and you are absolutely right. I don't. This is one I I love this movie. But I also know this movie is depressing. It does not have a happy ending. Yeah. And I'll get into that a but little it, bit more later. It's
3: almost as if, like, the theme of faith, it's not a happy ending, but you have security in the ending. In knowing your that, faith, yes. Knowing that it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. Um, that's why my mom doesn't watch this movie with my dad. Mm. He loves it. And she's like, I don't... She's like, no, it's too sad. I don't want to watch... I don't want to watch him I have to go through that every time. And my mom's the type of person that's like, she'll cry during every extreme home makeover. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> and, I love this movie. It was a lot funnier than I remembered it because for so mi- for so long I just listened to the soundtrack yeah. that I forgot how good the dialogue was in between. And I'm just going to uh, copy JC, the the philosophical aspects of it, but the parts that you don't recognize as a kid that you can apply as an adult are very heavy. Very they, powerful, yeah. Um, I love that aspect of it. And it was honestly a better movie than I remembered it being. I yeah. thought that I was going to... I thought that I was going to watch this like Top Gun, where I know that it's like <laughs> my dad, it's like something my dad really enjoyed. And so I like it thinking back to like knowing that my family loved this movie. Yeah. But I watched it and even like reading over this again, I was like, I really actually, like, I, li- I really like this movie. Um, and, and piggybacking off of that, you know, there's movies that we like to watch with people.
0: This is a movie that you really want to watch by yourself. Yeah. Because, yes, yes and yeah. no, I get what you're saying. Well, I'm, I'm just saying because you learn more about yourself watching this. Mm-hmm. Than you do with a group of people. I mean, you'll be right. laughing with all the jokes and everything, but you'll stop paying attention to what the philosophy philosophy right. is.
2: Right. I agree with you. But then, what's funny is last night watching, I actually texted Joel at one point because I knew you'd already watched it and I knew he hadn't watched it. Yet. And I texted him like, and it was literally as if I were a rich man was going on. I'm like, oh, Joel. Like, there's just something about like dancing in a room and like like I feel like you could enjoy this with a group, yeah. but then yeah, it gets heavy. So it's almost like. Watch it with people you trust. You you're go. right. This isn't a buddy-buddy comedy. This isn't Will Ferrell and this John like, C. Riley. Dad, let's watch a movie
0: later. Exactly. in so the roof. This is like... <laughs> Unless it's my dad. Like, like, yeah, we will watch it.
2: Like, those people that you're close to, those people that they know you and, and they know how you think and what makes you tick, this is a movie you watch with them because you'll laugh with them when it's funny, and you'll also be like, damn, that sucks when it sucks. Yeah. That's that's where I, I, I think this is a, a, a group movie.
0: All right. Well, let's play a game did the awards get it right. If the Academy Awards it hit 7 Nominations: Won three. Uh, it was nominated for Best Picture. The French Connection won that year, which is a fantastic movie.
2: I actually didn't know it was nominated for any awards. Uh, I didn't know that
0: at all. Uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role. Gene Hackman won for The French Connection. I think that was really his breakout role, was The French Connection. Never seen it. Um, it was nominated for Best Director. William Friedkin, The French Connection again.
2: We're uh, noticing a pattern here.
0: Yeah. Best Cinematography, Fiddler on the Roof.
2: Apparently Brown was in that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best as the fan of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, they're more orange. I, He's yeah, complaining about all these on, brown places. They
3: play on grass. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a dirt they, field. If they played in whatever that little lot was that Charlie Brown scurried around <laughs> The in. Oakland Raiders stadium, yeah. remember that? Candlestick Park? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, best Cinematography, it won that. Okay, Best Art Direction. It was up for that, but some movie called Nicholas and Alexander, which I've never seen before, won that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, best Sound, Fiddler. Yeah. Best Music. John Williams snags his first first, first movie scored yeah. and wins an award for it. I'm wondering, though, how much he had in it.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering how much of it was actually the musical, and he just adapted it for... But if you look at those other
0: ones, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I forgot that came out that year. Bedknobs and Broomsticks? That's a good
2: movie. Yeah. That was a really... Well, at least I loved it as a kid. I haven't seen it for a while.
0: Um, now, at the Golden Globes, four nominations, two wins. It won for uh, Best Motion Picture and a Comedy or Musical, which... Okay. I've never, of I was, was going to say, say ones, I've so never heard of any, any of the other ones. Uh, best actor in a motion picture. Topol finally gets it. Um, beats Gene Wilder. And Dean Jones. As Willy wow. Wonka, which, mm, that's, that's. I'll be honest with you, of the two, I kind of prefer Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. But Topol's pretty charismatic. He, he, Topol carries the movie. He's See,
2: the only one that you, you're really watching yeah. on the screen. See, the problem is is I, I would think Gene Wilder would, although Gene Wilder does play, yeah, that, damn, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Best Supporting Actor, uh, it was nominated for that uh, for Paul Mann, I don't know who the hell he was, uh, and Best Director, French Connection won again, but it was up against Last Picture Show, Fiddler on the Roof, A Clockwork Orange, and Summer of 42, so uh, French Connection. it was
3: French Connection year.
2: Paul, Paul Mann was Laser Wolf.
3: Okay. You know what, I can't, like looking at IMDB on John Williams, I can't find uh, Fiddler on the Roof anywhere. Oh, wow. Am I on the wrong John Williams that did Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
0: all right. On to our next segment titled uh, Top Three, Bottom Three. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes we like in this movie, and then we choose three things we dislike about the film and or that we find the weakest. Let's start with the top three. Uh, oh, I'm not supposed to read that. Joe, what are your top three things that you want to highlight about this movie? Okay. The music is mostly enjoyable. When I say mostly enjoyable, I mean like you feel enjoyment. Yep. Uh, I feel like they gave us the best pieces at the beginning and used the themes from tradition to push the soundtrack throughout the film. And that may be where John Williams came and was involved. He took that tradition piece and just did different themes of it. Uh, And my number two is I like they kept the intermission in this film. Uh, However, when you come back from the intermission, I wish they would have picked up right after the wedding raid as opposed to six months later. Yeah. Um,
3: Six months later.
0: (laughs) And my number one, Topol Talking With God. Very frank and honest conversations. I, I really think that's pretty cool. Uh, and the way that they did it, you don't see today. You will not no. see that in movies today.
2: Nope. Uh, JC, what are your, your three? Number three is the dialogue. Everything is a lesson. The dialogue for how people talk to each other, how they talk to God, how they say things without saying them. This harkens back to an era where few words actually meant a whole lot. But he's also constantly misquoting the Bible. <laughs> oh, I love that I love that. As the good books Where in the book does it say that? It's never said it never says It says something somewhere about the chicken. <laughs> uh Number two, the music. I love all the music. Some of it's depressing, but it's it, the words. The li- Whoever the lyricist was for this, I don't know off the top of my head, but whoever the lyricist was, was a genius. Every word in every song hits a, a powerful chord, and it's awesome. I think it's going to be Joseph Stein. I think I he's, yeah, he's, he's got to be one of them. That's he probably, the screenplay. yeah. Um, of course, there are songs prefer and others that I don't, but they were all great and all necessary, um, and every song hits you hit in the feels, whether it's happy or depressing. And my number one is Tevya, how Topol plays Tevya. Uh, in my opinion, Tevya is my father, in my opinion, from the way he talks to his angry rants for seemingly no reason. <laughs> um, but there's always a method to his madness. Like, Tevya is the way he is for a reason. Like, my father is the way he is for a reason. Um, Tevya's journey is brilliant as he goes from holding on to tradition to finding what's on the other hand, all right? And uh, how far can he bend without breaking? everyone can relate to Tevya, especially after they've lived a couple harsh realities of life uh, for a couple of years. But eventually, at some point, I think everybody will be able to relate to Tevya, And I think that's pretty impressive that one character is, could relate to women, men, all ages. I think everybody yeah. can get something from Tevya, And that's pretty powerful.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, my number three is uh, just the theme of faith throughout the whole movie. I think that seeing how it kind of affects everyone and just the overall um, thematic element of that. Uh, my number two is the music, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's so great. I mean, we've I'm not going to keep saying the same thing you guys are saying. The music and the com- uh, composition of it all is amazing. And my number one is Tevye, his monologues, uh, his prayers, the humor in his casting and his interactions with the other people in the town. He's, he's great. My number one was music, and when I was t- texting JC last night, I was like, I think like I'm watching Tevye, and I was like, I think he's going to hop over like the music of the whole thing because he's great throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Because um, even when he kind of breaks his joyful character, he's almost even more powerful, and it's almost better even when he's not making you laugh because you see he's a genuine human.
2: He, the eyes and the facial reaction he does at the constable at the end when like he genuinely sees the constable as a friend, he really does, and when he finally breaks and he says, "Get off my land," like I every time I get chills yeah like when he says, "Get off my land," you see rage you have not seen anger really on topol that whole movie you see rage yeah. in his eyes, and that's just like whoa it's just it's powerful. All right.
3: All right. Now for the bottom three. Are there three things that you are not a big fan of in this film, if uh, you had to choose? Okay. Well, I, I, I put again. The, the attack on the
2: wedding,
0: it kind of comes out of nowhere for me in this film. We've had nothing that is this serious, and it's an hour and 49 minutes in should have been developed a little bit better, at least in the sound of music, the Nazis made appearance and, and were present throughout the film. You know, the Cossacks, as you said, is it the Cossacks that... Yeah, Cossacks. Yeah, the Cossacks, they, there's that that the three and a half minute, I think it's three and a half minutes, drunk conversation that Topol had, the serious conversation he has with the constable where he says mm-hmm. the pogrom is coming. I just wish there was a little bit more of those to allude to it eventually. Uh, and these are probably nitpicky things. Uh, it's hard to get... My number two is, it's hard to get through in one sitting. Three uh, hours is a haul when the story isn't moving very fast. Uh... And you also find yourself trying to find out which story you should be following because they spend the, next, the first two hours of the movie setting up Zeidel's wedding and then wrap up the rest of the daughters in the final hour using the same pattern each time for the daughters. The first time is hard, second time difficult, third time, okay, he can't accept the marriage. I just wish, for me, for my personal taste, it was less formulaic and maybe spaced out better. Yeah, so be those are my three. JC? I have None.
2: You just wrote none. <laughs> you wrote none. Like, like, and and I even I even tried to be nitpicky. Yeah. But to, full caveat, if I'd only watched this maybe one or two times, yeah, I'd probably have things. Mm. I've seen this movie the whole way through, probably not as much as I've watched Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, but probably pretty close. Really? So I... Yeah. Wow. That's the thing. When we did this musical in 2001... I watched this on rote repeat, mm-hmm. like, and then I did the musical. So the reason why I don't have much is because I lived it. Yeah, like because I actually lived the musical and watched it so much. Anything that I would have disliked, I've either had explained to me why it needed to happen, or I myself look at it and can rationalize why I think it needed to
3: happen. What about Perchik? You you like his disrespect? You like how disrespect?
2: No, I, I it's. So I sad. personally don't like that. No, I don't. I hate that he's disrespectful. But you need that in the movie. Oh,
3: I know. Like you, that needs to be there. So it's none. It's my bottom threes are almost always things that need to be there.
2: It, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's legit. I, I thought I kept thinking about it on my way over. I'm like, Joe's going to make me have like Joe's going to make me have a bottom three. Like I have to come up with something. Well, I think and we, we, legit for the first time, I cannot think yeah. of three things that. Shouldn't be in the movie.
3: Yeah. Well, if I had to pick three, um, it's sad. Um, it makes me sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fact. I, I don't yes. like when things make me sad. Um, uh, three and a half. Uh, fancy boy teacher. Stay in your lane. Um, <laughs> As a as a teacher, I don't think that he did it very well. Um, you don't just start automatically dating your student sisters. That's yeah, not and okay. you certainly, as a teacher, or yelling
2: you, at the parents. You, you do not give your opinion when you teach. When no. you teach, you're supposed to give the facts, man. Yeah,
3: yep. so stay in your bad lane. teacher. All right, I can um, get
2: behind that one. I can number, get behind. Perchik is a really
3: bad teacher. Yeah, number <laughs> number two on the hot seat: of bigotry. Uh, <laughs> yep, not yep. a fan of bigotry. No. I, Again, I can see kind of how the movie needed it to push the theme along, but um, that's probably my least favorite thing in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah you, Jews aren't that bad, you know? <laughs> um, now I feel bad for not coming up with three, because everything um, <laughs> Joel said, I'm like... And number one, I like this movie so much, it's too long to watch often. <laughs> um, True. Like, I, I really do thoroughly enjoy this movie, but even finding a time to watch it this week was tough for me it was it i it had to be friday night when i was like i can i need to just like stay up and watch it so that i can like sleep in a little bit because my school year schedule is kind of packed i don't have three hours to set aside um so f- to find a movie that i really enjoy like this it's just it, three hours is too long to watch it casually um but that's <laughs> it's hard to find three things <laughs> um, but that's my top three so, um, who is the audience for this movie, Joe? Uh, fans of musicals and uh, those who want to understand
0: a moment in
2: time of the Jewish culture. Yeah, JC. Uh, anybody who likes musicals. I think if you if you are somebody that likes Les Mis, you like Phantom of the Opera and all of that, and you've never watched Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, go watch Fiddler on the Roof. Goodness gracious, go watch it. Um, and people interested in human journeys. If 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 you're that person that likes sort of like the dramatic or the heart heavy movies about like human growth and all that. Or if you just like Russian and Jewish culture, this, this movie is for you.
3: All right. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to agree with Joe. People that kind of want to understand this moment of Jewish culture, that they don't want to be as sad as Schindler's list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but if, if you want to get through a musical and you want to be introduced to a musical that you've probably heard a couple songs from, this is a great movie for you. It's, it incorporates a lot of very good things, so if you want to begin a musical but have a musical where the music truly does like work well throughout the movie, this is a good movie for that. All right. Or if you're going to see it on Broadway, yeah, I would watch this first and then go see it then.
2: Yeah, this will help. The Broadway show by itself can be confusing. If you watch this first, the mm-hmm. Broadway musical will make... Yeah perfect sense
3: Uh, so movie report card ABCDF in the musical feature film genre Uh, (laughs) gentlemen give us a grade and some comments to defend it okay I raised my grade actually after listening to you guys uh, to a B plus
0: this is really the last of a specific type of musical Prior to this film, there was Hello, Dolly in 1969, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Funny Girl and Oliver in 1968, Camelot in 1967, The Sound of Music in 1965, My Fair Lady... The Sound of Music was 65? Yeah. My My Fair Lady and Mary Poppins in 1964, Bye Bye Birdie in 1963, and West Side Story in 1961. After this movie, in 72, came Cabaret, Jesus Christ Superstar, Mame, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Tommy, and New York, New York. It really is the final gasp of the classic musical. Yeah. With that being said, it... Not until 1990. (laughs) Not even based on an actual musical. Okay, with that being said, it does a really good job of staying relevant as the older, wiser musical amongst the new flashy musical of the 90s. Or 70s. 90s. (laughs) Especially since it was based on a Broadway musical that started in 1964. Uh, the movie does a lot of good things well. It has, a strong, it has strong musical beats at the very beginning to hook the audience into accepting what they see on screen and getting in the carriage with Tevya for the ride. Topol's Tevya is very charismatic and easy to watch, which is a good thing since you see him in nearly every scene. He had to be a strong casting decision in this film. Unfortunately, I think they missed out on some of the other casting decisions. Small parts don't mean you get small actors and actresses. Perhaps they were underwritten because we really don't get to know anyone else beyond their first few lines. They're meant to be just those smaller characters. It's Topol's journey. Uh, There is a story structure issue here, I think, and they use the same story beats for each daughter. Yes, the circumstance is different each time, but the battle that Tavia goes through is awfully similar each time. Plus, there were times when I had to wonder, where is the story going? It felt like it stalled once or twice and or started meandering trying to find its plot. That's why I'm giving this a B- but I moved it up to B plus after listening to the philosophy of you two, uh,
2: hear that we're philosophers. Yeah. It's
0: definitely better than your average musical, especially as an adaptation of a Broadway musical, but it falls short in its story to be a perfect movie musical. I'd really like to see it on Broadway to see how the movie took a two hour and 45 minute play and added an extra 15
3: minutes.
2: I can tell you exactly what they added. What did they add? They added the scene where, uh, she goes to the priest. That wasn't in the musical. um, the uh, there was uh, the whole scene in the bed before the dream sequence that wasn't in the That's musical. Scene, um,
3: glad to edit that.
2: Oh, crap! There's two, there's two other ones, and that essentially those four scenes wrap up the 15 minutes. Okay, and I'm completely blanking on the other two. All right, JC. Uh, A, uh, as I said before, to me, this movie is perfect. I feel every emotion when I watch this film. When I watched it last, uh, not. When I watched it last night, um, I got more out of it than I ever remember getting. It's steeped in history, but you don't get hit over the head with it. Pogroms were a fact of life for the Jews in the Ukraine in 1905. The separation of the ethnic cultures, the Jews were hated by those in power. They were driven out of their homes for just being different. What's even more depressing is they were driven to places like Poland and America. In America, they struggled with the influx of other immigrants during that time, and they struggled to find their own communities. In Poland, here's what's even more depressing. The Jews that were driven out of Russia and the Ukraine and go to Poland, they're the ones that will be rounded up and slaughtered in the Holocaust within a generation. Mm. Now, do you know any of this from watching the movie? No, you don't. What you do get is a sense of this. The Jewish community was tight-knit. They loved tradition. They took care of each other. They were persecuted out of nowhere for seemingly no reason because that's what happened. You get a true sense of Jewish history without sitting through a history lesson. This story feels real because even though it's fiction, it's so real at points, and that's amazing to me. I'd give it an A plus if I could.
3: Uh, For me... (laughs) You know, if this were just, like, your average, like, movie for a movie goer, like, it, I might think that it's, like, a little too slow, like, going to be a full A, but as far as, like, the musical genre is is concerned, I can't think of many that are better than this, if any, that I would, that where the music blends perfectly with what's going on, it makes you feel as if you're kind of there, if I want to be, like, cheesy about it, but, and what something that we talked about during the last musical we talked that we covered was does the music really progress the story and does it make you go from one scene to the next and this one truly does yeah like when when I was just like reviewing parts of it I could skip over the songs because I knew exactly what was in the songs to get me to the next scene but it I mean I watched the full movie uh, but if you're <laughs> if you skip those songs otherwise you miss a big chunk of the movie. I only know them because I've listened to the soundtrack a hundred times. But, I don't know, the movie does such a good job at f- helping you follow Tevya, understand where he comes from, um, Kind I mean, you feel his pain when all, all of his daughters start kind of like, like pushing back on tradition. You have one that only wants to make her own match and then another who just meets a guy and he forces the match and then another girl who wants to completely marry outside of her belief altogether. Because he had a book. Right. Just one book. <laughs> Librarian.
2: Creeping on her.
3: Um, but I don't know. The, the story, it's not, a, it's not a particularly happy one, but it is one that's somehow comforting uh, because you know, one, he's going to America. Um, two.
2: Which was the better of the options. Which was a better option.
3: <laughs> America! Um, but I don't know. The music is phenomenal. The casting was great. As far as uh, Tevia, the wife, I feel like everyone played their part well. The daughter, there, the uh, Hodel, she was very young, and she's a young actress. Um, but I loved like the townspeople, the beggar, the priest. I, the casting overall, I loved like the community that they had in the thematic elements of the faith. And so this, to me, it is an A. It brings everything together very well. And if you're going to have a top seven musicals, I think if you have a top five musical, this has to be in there because it took Broadway and it portrayed it so well on screen. Um, cool. But if this movie was released on Blu-ray, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? Well. Joe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> borrow it. Not really my cup of tea uh, not a rewatchable film in my mm. eyes. But I would definitely want my kids to see it. Eh, I'll stream it. Of course, I could probably find this in the bargain bin. So, my
2: final is bin it. Bin it. <laughs> JC? Uh, I would also say bin it because... Don't don't go out and look for it because it's it's been there and you would only look for it if it was your cup of tea. But if you find this in a bin for five bucks, heck yeah! I mean, it's worth buying for for five dollars. Mm-hmm.
3: I bought it on DVD. Um I'm saying if this is if our review is like what we think other people should in the bin at buy it is for us. Oh well, if, then I would buy if it. If I saw yeah. this thing on if I saw this on Blu-ray in Target, I would buy. I'd buy it in a yeah, heartbeat. Yeah, it's,
2: it's not on Blu-ray.
3: Um, yeah, it's I've only got it. On DVD. I've got the DVD. And it's the nice, uh, just plain silver disc that has the title around the uh, circle. (laughs) And you gotta flip (laughs) flip it over for the uh, (laughs) special features. (laughs) I'm pretty sure like the one that I have actually bought for my dad, but my dad's not a big like, hey, let's go have a movie night. So I end up just like borrowing his movies for an extended period of time. Um, But no, if this if I could find this on Blu-ray, I would buy it because I want to know a little bit more of the features and some behind the scenes things.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we will be looking at Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for the family film Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow the Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching!